Hello, and welcome to this week's show. And this week we are in 1977 with one of the greatest action films of them all. Hal Needham and Burt Reynolds bring together Smokey and the Bandit. At last, a warm, sensitive, touching story about the close personal relationship between a man and a woman. Between a trucker and his dog. Fred, I'm so damn tired of picking you up. I got to Fred. Between a father and his son. No way that you could come from my loins. And how they all took to the road one day for a quiet little drive in the country. From Georgia to Texas and back. In 28 hours flat. With a truckload of bootleg beer. I'll be driving this one. Hey, yeah. Blocker, blocker. You'll be driving the truck. This is Bandit 1, and that is uh, Bandit 2. <laughs> now, who would do a thing like that? <laughs> You're crazy, you know that? Yeah. You know that? <laughs> ah, yes. Okay, how much money do you say it was? $80,000. Universal presents Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, and Fred. We're going to really have to cook. I mean, put it on the back burner and let's cook. Is that a 10-4? 10 10-4. 10 and the only thing that stands between them and an $80,000 prize, Jackie Gleason as Sheriff Buford T. Justice. I gotta barbecue your bandit. I got a Smokey report for you. What's your handle, son? My handle is Smokey Bear, and I'm tail-grabbing your ass right now. This is Smokey and the Bandit, the story about a lazy weekend in Alabama, Texas, Mississippi, Arkansas, Georgia. Daddy, the top came off. No. We ain't gonna make it, son. We come this far, ain't we? Look, when we say we're gonna do a job, we do a job. It's me they're after. They don't even know Clint Snow exists. Oh, they don't. Well, now, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit, proving once and for all, it's not where you're going to counts. It's who the hell's in back of you. is a classic, made for $3.5 million and took nearly $150 million by the end of 1977, getting knocked off the top spot by that space movie. Hal Needham at the helm and his stunt coordinator Alan Gibbs in charge of the action. On the film credits, Alan is credited as second unit director, but Hal fiercely denied it. He said, if there's action to film, who better to film it than me? But well, he has a point, although Alan Gibbs did have his hands full on the movie, not only doubling Burt Reynolds in all of his driving sequences, including the jump across the bridge, he also coordinated all the action with the stunt crew that included Joffrey Brown, Walter Wyatt, Bobby Bass, Tommy Huff, Jim Connors and Janet Brady. Now, Janet was doubling Sally Field, and not only a very fine stunt woman, but her specialty area was driving. So this was an ideal movie for her. To add to all the pressures that a movie will throw at you, she spent long hours in the Trans Am with Alan Gibbs. And before the shoot had finished, they were married. (laughs) 
Did you see that? They went right through a roadblock. You some bitches couldn't close an umbrella. here now from Hal Needham himself telling us a little about his career and how he came up with the idea for the movie. He's being interviewed here in front of an audience of stunt professionals back in 2011 by stuntman and stunt coordinator Conrad Parmesano. As I look around this room tonight and I see faces of a great many generations out there that Hal I hope when you get up here and look at these faces you realize how many generations of stunt performers that you have touched. And how have you inspired all of us for all these years? What do you got to say, son? Well, uh, we uh, have a few questions for you after having read your book that I thought might be uh, nice things to uh, share with the gang here, right? I may lie to you, but go ahead. Uh, all right, all right. You move out to California, and uh, you meet this uh, fellow named uh, Cliff Rose. Cliff Rose meant a lot to me. He was trying to break into Hollywood to be a stuntman. There was a show on then called You Asked For. And he had done a, he had done a couple of things for them. He's going to do another one. He said, huh? I need a partner on this. Says, you want to help me? I said, what are we going to do? He said, well, how? I'm going to be on this very fast horse. You're going to fall over, sitting on the wheel of the airplane, and when you get to me, you jump off and knock me off the horse. I said, what? Are you kidding? He said, no. I said, okay, let's give it a whirl. So he came down, and we did it. Hit the ground, and I thought, boy, I survived. Am I glad that's over? The director said, got to do it again, guys. What was the, the next film that brought you, Spirit of St. Louis? The Spirit of St. Louis. That was from Cliff Rose. A few weeks later, he come up and he said, Hal, I got us another job. I said, oh, good. What are we going to do this time? He said, well, we're going to the big screen. I said, count me in. So we show up, and we do The Spirit of St. Louis. I worked on the show for six weeks. I had found a goal. I was going to be a Hollywood stuntman. Right. You decided one day you, uh, you had to destroy your SEG card? Well, what's that about? They take me on an SEG contract. When I did a stunt, they'd upgrade me. Do they do that anymore? 
No, some men are too smart. <laughs> the production manager caught me and he said, how we're going to take you up on a SEG and when you do something, we'll convert you. I said, wait a minute. I said, I'm pretty well established as Boone's double. I want to go on a SAG card. He said, no, can't do that. He said, same as before, SAG will change it. I reached in my pocket and got out my wallet, took my SAG card out and I tore it up, threw it down. I said, I don't work SAG anymore, SAG anymore. He said, then we'll just have to replace you and get somebody else. He left. I walked over to Boone, he's sitting in his chair getting ready to go into a scene. He said, Hal, boy, we're going to have some fun next week. He says, you're going to make a lot of money, got a lot of stunts to do. I said, well, Dick, I'm, I'm not going to go. He said, what? I said, the production man and I have a difference of opinion as to what contract I should go on. Do I go on SEG and then change me over? I said, so I, I'm not going. They called him in. He went up on to do his scene. And he said, folks, I got a little announcement. He said, Half Gun World Travel is going to have a new star next week because Hal and I aren't going on location. He did a scene like nothing was wrong. I looked over at the production man and he went. I went over and he said, you'll regret the day. And I said, maybe. But I, had, I didn't work one day at SEG after that day. You know how you ask if they upgrade like that uh, anymore? And they don't because guys like you stood up for guys like us and them. What gave you the idea for Smoking the Band? I was working on a show, Dublin Burt, uh, down in Georgia. I think it was called Gator. The driver captain, first day on the set, said, Hal, I brought some cores from California. Said, I put a couple of cases in your room. I thanked him. He left not knowing I didn't drink cores or beer. I got there, back home, I put some in the fridge. A couple of days later, most of it was gone. So I replenished it, put some more in. A couple of days, most of that was gone. I said, wait a minute, I got a problem here. One day I didn't have to work, I got in my car so I could see my, in the parking lot, so I could see the front door of my room. People came and went, the maid went in, cleaned the room, came out, went next door. Wait a minute, that lady's got a key to my room. Could it be? I went down to investigate. Opened the fridge. Yeah, it was her. I walked out where her cart was, picked up the towels. There's my cord beer. I got ready for a stern interrogation. I walked in that room and I said, why are you stealing my cords? She started to cry. She said, please don't tell my boss I need this job. I said, okay. I won't tell your boss if you'll tell me why you sold my course. She said, my boyfriend likes it. I said, well, why in the hell don't he go to the store and buy some? Next words out of her mouth was the birth of Smokey and the Bandit. She said, you can't buy Coors east of the Mississippi. It's illegal. It's bootlegging. A thought flashed through my little mind. I told her to go back and take the rest of the Coors and promise not to tell her boss. We were down there eight weeks. By the time we went home, I had written Smokey and the Bandit. 
I'd also like to take a moment to say how good Jerry Reed is in this picture, not only as an actor in the role of Snowman or as a composer of the songs featured in the show, but his fight work is really impressive. He'd worked with Burton Hal before on the movie Gator, where he plays the villain, but the fight in the bar is a really gutsy performance. He's not doubled, but he's surrounded by stunt guys. The two that dish out the beating are Alan Gibbs and Jim Connors, who delivers that final punch that sends him out through the doors and into the car park. Tomorrow, honey, we'll be home in a little while. Hey! Is this your goddamn mutt? Uh, honey, I got, I gotta go. I'll, yeah, I gotta go back. Yeah, that's my dog. Yeah. Oh, he just bit me. Uh, Fred, come here, Fred. I said he just bit me. Put the son bitch out of his misery. That's roasting. It's not a bad idea. He did. I don't think Fred bit you, Mister. Well, Fred absolutely don't like grease. <laughs> One of the very tricky gags on the movie was jumping the Trans Am over the hedge into the field where the kids are playing football. Now, a number of stories have surrounded this, but bottom line is that Janet Brady was not at fault. Unbeknown to the production crew, the field had been watered overnight, and when the car landed on the grass, it was like driving on ice. The kids ran around the field, and Janet managed to miss them all, and decided to crash out through the dugout. In there were two parents who got away with superficial injuries, but it could have been a whole heap worse. You know, I wanted to be a high fashion model once. Really? But hell, how long can you model clothes for eight-year-olds? Boys. Besides that, my cheeks were too fat. These cheeks. These. There's kids, for Christ's sake, watch out for the kids! Don't pick the kids! Get your hands off my wheel! Oh, you can't leave the right hand and sit down There you go. That's it for this week. Join us on Friday for the YouTube show, and don't forget to subscribe. So, until then, bye for now.